Welcome to another powerful teaching from Dr. Todd J. Pulliam, pastor of One Accord Church. Just wonderful. There is a word from the Lord for you today, and I will do my best to deliver it by instruction and by leadership and power of the Holy Spirit. There's a series that I've been teaching since God is for us. And I entitled it that way because he is. And there is a verse that says that if God be for us, who can be against us? Since God is for us, no one can defeat us. So I, I asked the Lord, I said, well, what would you have me to teach today? And I thought it was just uh, interesting to hear him take me to a place I'm not even sure I was ready for. And if that's never happened to you, it will. That's what personal study is important for. And the Lord gave me a lot of verses, and he says, start off with this, because everything you get, I gave you. And everything you need, I provided. Every bit of protection, I sent it. My grace is sufficient. The totality of your salvation is completely because I wanted it to be. I did it all. It's completely by my grace, not by your works. So let's just go through the verses and allow me to teach instead of preach today. And I pray that it's inspirational to you and that it'll heal. Acts 15 and one, so we have a lot of verses, and I'd like for you to follow me with them. Pardon me. Yeah, it's Acts 15, but let's go to verse 11. Paul. and Peter, and Barnabas are in an area where they're teaching the word. There's a dispute that went to take, went, that took place, and a dispute was over whether you're saved by the law or works, or are you saved by grace with your faith? And so it says here in Acts 15 and 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. The previously known 
unbelievers have become believers because of the gospel of the kingdom. And they were saved by grace as everyone else was. Romans 3. What's happened, and the Lord asked me to present this, and he's revealing even as I teach, what has happened in this season is that the earth has become separated, or humanity, by what we believe are the necessary deeds of salvation. And so people are confused as they select their churches, not based upon the presence and leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit, but based upon what is receptive to their souls, mind, will, and emotions. And they're searching for what they agree to, rather than for where the presence of the Lord is. No man has ever saved another man from hell. Jesus is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our God. Can I get an amen? All right. Romans 3 and 24 reads, well, let's read from 21. But now the righteousness of God outside the law is manifested or revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, which is by what? Faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that what? Believe. For there is no what? Difference. Pause. Highlight or underline or circle. Verse 23, as I read on, for all have sinned. How many? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his what? Grace, through the redemption that is in whom? Christ Jesus. All right? Romans 4. The next chapter, verse 16. So let me start with verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. When the verse says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his what? And all these other things shall be what? Righteousness being, means right standing. It means to be in right position with your faith. Using your faith, to believe that whatever God has said is true. All right? So now it says here that Abraham's promise that God made to him was no good if he receives it through the law. Now remember, he's before the law. It's only good because he receives it with faith. For if, verse 14, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. And so though the, those that go by works, they make faith void. So you have to believe. If you go strictly by works, you'll never build confidence. 
Because if you get it right on Monday, you'll struggle on Wednesday. You get it right on Wednesday, and Monday, again, is difficult. So you, by faith, have to believe that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is the same thing that Jesus said. Here, let's go there, the Luke chapter number 10. And verse 20, now remember, he sends out his disciples, and they come back with tremendous testimonies and a lot of joy because he sent them with power over the enemy, and they exhibited that power over the enemy. All right, verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, when I was a young preacher, I used to read this and say, Well, now wait, this is before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So how does this become true? How is it true? How is it possible? And the Lord, through the years, taught me that because he's the Savior. And he gave them the power. All right? Now, they had to have faith that they actually were receiving his power. Amen? They were raised in the law. Now Jesus was introducing to them grace and faith. All right? Nothing shall by any means what? Hurt you. Because you got power over all the enemy. All right. Verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. On what ground? Based upon how we teach, most of America, and I have to teach this to you, is rejecting the way of the church because these verses have to remain true. Uh-oh. You get what I'm teaching? The Lord is going to make sure that his verses, his scriptures, his word is proven true no matter what kind of church you want to have. So people are rejecting what we are presenting because what we're presenting isn't lining up with grace. Grace was before church. Okay, let me move on. It says again here, notwithstanding that this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You can't rejoice unless you believe. And you have to believe that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life because I just told you they were. You had no other evidence any otherwise. So if the word says it, if Jesus says it, then we need to what? Believe it. Okay. It's not based on works. It's based on your faith that his grace, his um, uncommon, unlimited, undeserved favor is working on your behalf. How about that? All right. So let's go back to Romans chapter 4. He said in verse 14, and the promise made of none effect. We'll read all of it again. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and a promise made of none effect. No faith, no promise. 
Because the law worketh wrath, for when there is no law, there is no transgression. For where there is no law, or no law is, there is no transgression. What does he mean by the law worketh wrath? It posed the opportunity for you to be punished for disobedience, but did not empower you to live victoriously. So the law was always, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And what God was doing was building for his people a perfect civility or civil set or kingdom here in the earth that would be most beneficial for them. But the penalties existed. Okay, but yet there was no empowering. People weren't filled with the Holy Spirit like you and I. So God had a plan. Oh, man. And, and he didn't even forget the people who were working in this first covenant under these ground rules. Because the scripture teaches to you and I that when Jesus died and they buried him, well, come on now, he went into Abraham's bosom and delivered those people who had been sitting there. Well, who were those people? Those who had made it to God even through the law. And people who didn't believe, the rich man teaches us that they still went to hell. Okay? Jesus freed these folks that were in the bosom of Abraham and released them and let them march on the victory. And they made paradise. Amen? All right. So he didn't even forget the folk here that made a whole lot of sacrifices to free themselves. They'd fall to sin. Okay, how many, what do we got to pay for that sin? That's uh, two turtle doves, one cow, and, you, you know, and, you know, and, and, and uh, mercy, the, I should teach them all on this. The mercy seat was there for a reason. Jesus, glory to God. The idea was that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So the sacrifices were made so the blood would be poured and it could hit the mercy seat. And God could show mercy upon his people for their failures. Amen. There were often great acts of mercy, which when Jesus comes into the picture, he exhibits this. Woman caught in the act of adultery. You're there. You remember that. And I mean, you're there in the verses. You, you weren't there. You know, but to be careful. So what kind of people are he pastors? All right, so uh, she gets caught in the act of adultery. I've always had a lot of questions. Who called her? How'd they catch her? Because they were peeping. And so they had a few issues themselves. Uh, a lot of questions that needed to be asked and answered in that process. So to make a show of her and to prove that Jesus was no longer going uh, by way completely of the law, they toss her in front of him and say, Master, we caught this woman, not the man, but this woman in the act of adultery. What do you have to say about that? Jesus is introducing that he's the fulfillment of the law. By not punishing her according to the law or allowing others to do so, but what does Jesus do? The scripture says that he looks down and he begins to write in the soil and uh, uh, and he makes a comment. Whichever one of you who is without sin, you be the first to cast the stone that leads to her demise. All right. And the scripture says he stayed there for a minute. So finally he looked up and said, woman, 
Where are thine accusers? Now catch this. She said, Lord, there are none. They're gone. Jesus said, well, neither do I condemn thee. Well, no, wait a minute. He says, neither will I give you a finish and a judgment now. Because I'm putting this in. What does he say? I'm going to do a greater work that's going to free you. So rather than give you a suggested end now, we're going to wait. You go and don't, do, don't get caught doing that again. You just go because by the time you run into anything else, I wouldn't have done what I needed to do to set you free anyway. Your name is going to be in the book. Okay. All right. See, I'm teaching this to you because the, the church keeps going back and forth, struggling between covenant and accepting. Covenant and accepting. I'm in covenant with God, but I can't accept that uh, parts of the covenant, uh, covenant are true. I can't accept that he's just forgiven me. I, I, I must ask him 15 times. I've got to dress in sackcloth and ashes. I've got, I've got to pray at least six weeks and fast. I've got to throw off 20 pounds. I've got to do all of this, be, listen, listen, before I feel like I'm redeemed. Well, then you haven't received it by faith. You received it by works. You just did yourself no good. Because it can't be lawful based upon your works, your feelings. It's got to be what? Faith. That's just too easy, Brother Pulliam, because that makes me feel as if I'm free to sin. I got a word for you. You are. But you're free to live in redemption, too. So I, I didn't just teach you that you can just go sin. What I'm teaching you is that that sin can't hold you. You're free. You have to stop giving up what God has promised you based upon what you feel. And you got to receive it because God said you can. All right. So now it says here, let's finish up Romans 4. All right. Hallelujah. Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath, but for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16, therefore it is of faith. It is of what? That it might be by what? Grace. See that? I mean, you should highlight this verse. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. How much of the seed? Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. Here we go. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Amen. Can I get a strong amen? amen. All right. Romans chapter number five. Stay with me. Therefore, being justified by faith, justified by what? Boy, this faith thing is starting to show up as really powerful and important. The Greek word for faith is pistis. Complete confidence and trust and a whole belief in what God has had to say about the matter. That's faith. Faith is not asking God to show you a sign. 
Faith is believing God's word concerning your situation. All right? Now, <laughs> glory to God. All of us are the seed. But to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. All right. Now, five, one and two. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with whom? With God, through, and that's Jesus Christ, through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Romans 5, 1 and 2. I told you you're going to have to follow me. Uh, where, where, where's, where's my collector of plasticware? I need somebody to go around and collect up all this fake silverware because we got some real food out here on these plates. And, and I, who's going to pass out the real silverware for me? Come on. Who's working for me today? I need two people. Sister, will you collect up all the plasticware? That stuff's breaking while people are trying to cut and eat. It's just breaking. And you going to go ahead and put the silverware out for me? Would you put out a steak knife or two for every person? We'll have to cut this meat because you all, y'all, y'all playing around. Put them spoons up. You use spoons for dessert. You don't use no spoons for no meat. This is important. See, I'm, I'm, I'm running into the harvest, and, and my heart is, 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 was given to me by Jesus. So it's relatable to him. And Jesus loves people, especially folks with issues. We're the only ones struggling with people with issues. We want to fight all of America because they won't go to church the way we do. Humanity is the harvest. Let me say it again. Humanity is the harvest. Well, they're going to destroy the nation. Why? Goodness. Can't he preserve the harvest to win it? No, I'm, I'm asking you a legitimate question. Is Jesus anointed and powerful enough as the son of the living God as God himself sitting on the throne now, isn't he capable of preserving the harvest to win it? Yes. So what are you preserving, the harvest or the nation? To save the nation, you got to reap the harvest. You can't hate them. Boy, you, you let the church, they'll separate the smokers over here, the drinkers over here, the, 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 the sexually immoral on this side and, and this over here and, and, and alternative lifestyle, you're going to be over here. We have to have you in the corner. Uh, we, everybody who's got a weakness, everybody who's got an issue, everybody who's got a struggle, and then the church sits there with all of that themselves. They just haven't told anybody. Oh, God, I feel like preaching. If there's anything wrong with you, you're on equal level with the harvest. The only difference is you know that you needed to be harvested. And you need to teach humanity that they should be harvested. See, I'm messing with some of y'all right now. You've been around me a long time and you still ain't got straight on this. We just can't let them see. You are not the police of the kingdom. How many times did you get drunk in the privacy of your home and no one knew? 
How many times in the prophecy of your home did you light some weed and, and, and smoke it and get some crazy buzz and nobody knew? You can't even talk straight. Whoops. Oh, I'm teaching you right. How many times did you end up in a home that wasn't yours? And you was able to creep away. Oh, I'm teaching now. Saints have problems too. And the Holy Spirit is the only one who can set you free. And faith is the only one that looses the Holy Ghost to set you free. Could you bless the Lord better than that? You can't glory within yourself. I can't run with you no more, honey, because if you're going to do that, that's great. But tell them gently, sweetly, through the help of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I overcame some stuff I don't want to get bound by again. But if you want what I got, I can take you where I went. And the same Holy Ghost that set me free can set you free. Oh, I'm getting ready to start a series on the Holy Ghost, too, because everywhere I turn, no one's talking about him. Who's the Savior? Oh, could you say that with some strength? Jesus. Could you call his name out for me? Jesus. Who's the Savior? Jesus. So, so why is everyone scared to say that? Who's the governor running the kingdom in the earth now? Come on and say it. Say it again. You scared? Shout it out. Well, I like it better when they say spirit, Brother Reverend. That ghost thing scares me. It'll get you free from fear. But he's real, he's a person. He's the only one that can transform you from who you used to be to who you are according to this word. Everybody pick your Bible up. I'm, I'm not done teaching. Y'all stay with me. Pick your Bible up. Look in it. And I want you to do like you do with your phones when you're taking a selfie. Did you, this, you saw your example? Let me give it to you. I'm going to give you an example one more time. Cha-ching. All right. Get it up there and get ready. Do you have it? You, you ready? Look in your Bible and take your selfie. Because the only way to find your true image is in the verses. And you have to believe what the word has to say about you. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Is that what the verses say? So when are we the sons of God? When are we the sons of God? So it's not based upon when you get it right and you don't drink for 14 weeks straight. You're the son of God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. The scripture says that God the Father was inside the Son, reckoning the world back to himself. 
Those two worked out a plan so you wouldn't have to be involved. Because if they had to involve you, you and I would mess it up. So they worked it out together. That's why the son said, I always do those things that please my father. I'm the sacrificial lamb. I, I became the, 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 one, the one ending sacrifice. No one took my life. I laid it down, and then I picked it back up again. Come on now. I don't know how we'll ever shout over a grace message. You just you don't know how you've been delivered. Hallelujah. Okay, now, by whom, verse 2, Romans 5 and 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we what? Stand, exist, abide in, live in, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, in the Amplified, it reads, through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction, by what? Faith. By what? Faith. By what? Faith. Into this grace, state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand. Let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. The glory of the Lord is actually on you now. Thank you for listening to another teaching on the Dr. Ty J. Pulliam podcast. We call you blessed.